Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. Welcome everyone to another edition of Wrestle City Radio Though we start off this episode a little sad Because I know from me and George here at Wrestle City Radio And the whole family here at Wrestle City Radio We are in a state of shock Just thinking what could happen right now To a true legend in the nature boy Ric Flair So we here want to wish prayers And our thoughts are with Ric Flair and his family and we wish all of you to do the same because this is a true legend of the business and this year has not been the best for wrestlers and deaths. So hopefully he does get better. Again, this is the law of Ray Ramundo. I just wanted to get this out of the way because this is something that truly is affecting all of us. Thank you again. And now, here's George. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to diss you on that because you took the words right out of my mouth. When it comes to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, everyone in the wrestling business, uh, from fans to actual people that wrestle inside the ring, sacrifice their bodies and, and everything uh, in order to entertain us, everyone in some way, somehow, were inspired or motivated by the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and of course, his, his like how we say here, his struggles turning into triumph. Uh, so basically, yes, uh, you know, our prayers are with the Flair family. Uh, for what I know, Mr. Ramundo, uh, he is out of surgery. Uh, he is uh, recovering. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, uh, he's reporting that it's something similar to, like, what his dad went through when, uh, uh, like, not to say that, uh, it's going to be the same thing uh, that he went through because Mr. Meltzer lost his father to cancer. But uh, Mr. Meltzer went on to basically uh, kind of confirm that it was it, it, the only difference between Ric Flair and his father's situation is that there's no cancer and that Ric Flair's kidneys are still working. So basically, um, our prayers are with the Flair family and hopefully they make a very, very speedy recovery. Uh, so, guys, thank you, Mr. Ramundo, for that opening uh, uh, topic. Um, I have to say right now uh, our, our minds are with the Flair family, but the show must go on. Ric Flair would definitely want every show to go on, like nothing ever happened. You know, like uh, wheeling, dealing, party, uh, you know, partying and, 
And, of course, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun that he is. So, uh, guys, welcome to Russell City Radio. We have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, me and Mr. Ramundo will be basically talking about the G1 Climax, uh, basically the results uh, which shocked the world again at, at the G1 Finals. But also, guys, we're going to be talking about WWE SummerSlam that basically is this coming weekend on this coming Woo! Sunday. And also, also, guys, if you haven't seen social media, yes, social media has been a buzz about the Ric Flair situation. But then the WWE, or should I say the BleacherReports.com, the WrestleZones.com, all of them have already went on and gave us a, a kind of hint of positive by giving us the update that Adam Cole has officially signed with the WWE. Uh, so a I'm lot of hoping things... he shows up on Saturday. Yeah, and I'll be at NXT, know. so I just want to I just want to see. Oh my God, Austin Jenkins is in the building. Because you know Can... they're going to use his shoot name. They're not going to call him Adam Cole. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Look what happened to Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So they're Bobby just... Fish and Kyle O'Reilly because th- I think that's their actual. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's their shoot. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't look up their. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look up their personal lives like that. But when, uh, but just for the record, though, you know there has been that rumor that WWE wants to create a stable of former ROH champions in NXT, and this is just the cream of the crop. You got Roderick Strong, you got Kyle O'Reilly, you got Bobby Fish, and now you got Adam Cole. Now, basically, you man, that is a strong force to be reckoned with there. I uh, that was That's something I've been hearing, too, that they may create something called the Honor Guard, that even you're missing, too, that two more guys that are coming into the fold in Donovan Dijak and Leo Rush. Who Donovan Dijak did have his last match with Progress Wrestling this weekend that I did attend here in New York, and that match was just amazing. And you can see Donovan's ready. Well, not just Donovan's that, ready but, to go. but now rumors are speculating that Jay Lethal might even be going to the NXT. So it's like, oh my God, what's happening? Is the is ROH going to be left with anybody? But uh, ROH always gets picked up. You know they. They have some great partnerships with New Japan. Uh, on top of that, they always are on the lookout for the young, hot uh, talent of the independents. So basically, you want to call Ring of Honor that kind of like that middle ground between, uh, you know, indies and WWE because ROH is technically right now where WWE is looking at the most. And if you don't yeah, believe definitely, me, if you you either have what? to be right there in ROH, if not even Evolve, because that's where Evolve is most, most of the talent that are working Evolve are like, you're under the WWE umbrella right there. Yep, so. agreed with, with WWN. But uh, yep. guys, aside from that, uh, we will be talking to special guests, of course, High Spot's own and Queen of Combat's own, uh, one-third of the uh, sweet young cannibals. I'm talking about Savannah Evans will be here on the show. Uh, trained by George South uh, and, of course, WWE's own um, Cedric Alexander. 
and Caleb Connolly uh, trained at you know uh, the High Spots Wrestling School in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and she will be here a little later with us at 7:20 p.m. Uh, so I'm really awesome. looking, yeah, I'm really looking forward to speaking with her, uh, knowing that she's from the same area of Charlotte, North Carolina. Ric Flair, see what she has to say about that. Uh, what you know, not to say that I really want to segue with such a sensitive sense of the topic, but you know, you have to you have to, you know, assume that everyone that grew up in the same city as the Nature Boy is feeling the same effect of this situation going on with Ric Flair, uh, being that they're in the same city, trained in the same city, and also that she was trained by one of Ric Flair's friends, George South. Uh, but guys, not even just that. Anyone in the business right now, I know it's going to be <clears throat> with a heavy heart. I know tonight on Raw, it's definitely going to be something difficult to compete, knowing all this is going on. So, imagine for Charlotte Flair, uh, Mr. Ramundo, like imagine that uh, she lost her brother Reed, and now she's in a scare of her life that she might lose her father, which was always a huge inspiration to her. So I know definitely it, we may not see Charlotte tomorrow on SmackDown, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let WWE forces her to compete because it's not going to be an easy task for her tomorrow night. Nope, I no. I really agree with you on that one. Uh, so aside from that, you talk about hearts being heavy. One of the things that uh, hearts were very heavy about was in Japan when basically no one knew, and on top of that. Everyone's face, where you were smiling, laughing, mad, whatever, turned into tears when everyone was surprised with the return of Shibata at the G1 Climax. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to lie to you. Watching that video made me cry because here was a guy (laughs) that everyone said that his career was over and that his life was in jeopardy due to the big, severe headbutt that he did against Okada during his match, uh, went in through some hemorrhage in his brain, and he comes out the surprise of everyone, including the commentators, the fans, the workers, everyone, comes out, gets the microphone, and screams I'm not for everyone. <laughs> nope, I'm alive, that's all, and throws the microphone down, showing that Shibata... <laughs> is on his way back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. What do you have to say about that, uh, Ray? To me, that mo- that just that one statement just erupted in Japan. Fans didn't need an explanation. They didn't need to find out, is he going to compete? He's alive. He's ready to go. That's yep. all the fans needed, and that tore the house down. It was tears galore, people watching all over the world. I know me and a few buddies of mine, the minute we heard Shibata returned, we had to go straight to New Japan World and watch it. <laughs> Just yep. to see the returning Shibata, I'm like, oh, God. The G1 went to shame. We didn't need to see the rest. Just knowing Shibata's <laughs> back, I would say good luck to whoever does win at Wrestle Kingdom because Shibata's definitely going for that world title now that he's back. Agreed 110% on that one. And speaking about Wrestle Kingdom, as we all know, the G1 Climax, uh, of course, Kenny Omega being one of the finalists, the other one being the ever-so-rising star in Naito, 
it, guys, it, 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 guys, if you haven't, you know, seen Nido in action. <laughs> I, I just listen. The fact of the the fact of the matter is this: the with Naito, everyone was uh, knows him for what he did to the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> he won the G1 Climax, Ray. Uh, he beat Kenny Omega in the finals, setting up the main event for Wrestle Kingdom, being Naito versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Let, let, me, let me ask you a hypothetical question. We all know what he did to the Intercontinental title. What do you think he's going to do to the IWGP Heavyweight title? <laughs> uh, hopefully, Okada puts it in a plastic. Because the minute NATO wins it, oh, that title is going to get destroyed. Yep. God. And personally, I still say to me, and I know every fan, and even you, George, I cannot imagine you not agreeing with my statement of what would it have been the finals of the G1, the Golden Stars facing off one more time, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi. Who says it's not going to happen, though? If you if you no, saw no, the... it doesn't matter anymore. It, <laughs> it no, it doesn't. In the final. Listen, who says it's not going to happen? I'm, I'm personally, uh, you know, thinking it's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom because if you ha- didn't see the behind-the-scenes uh, video, they did bump into each other backstage, and it kind of, like, gave a clue saying, I'm going to see you later. Yeah, but that was meant to basically be, okay, Kenny even wa- he kept showing that he wanted this to be the finals because he even made... For the semifinals gear, his gear was half of his and half of Kota <clears throat> So it's like the story was written. The only problem was that I do get why Japan pulled this off because the story was perfect. Okada loses to Omega, finally, in the third bout. The story was perfect. Finally hitting the, the one-winged angel, Omega advances. Then Omega faces NATO. These two have been having for the IC title, then involving into the heavyweight division. It was perfect. Storytelling was perfect. Now, for the fans, they're going to say, oh, but what about Omega Coda? That would have been the perfect story. Yes, but at the same time, it was predictable. Any fan, when they saw, oh, wait, Coda and Omega are in different blocks, they can make it to the finals. Yes. And everyone was like, oh, they're going to be the two because... They were the former partners. They have the history, especially when AJ was leader. AJ attacked Coda, and even Kenny was like, that's my best friend. And it's like, yeah, you can see the writing on the wall. You don't want that to be in wrestling. You don't want it to be predictable. You want to see anything can happen. And that's what New Japan did this weekend. Well, yep. And like I said, the double main event for Wrestle Kingdom, like one of them is already confirmed, being Naito versus Okada. The other yep. one, I'm, I'm right now throwing it right now. It will be for the IWGP United States Championship between Omega and, of course, Coda. So I am throwing that out there right now. That is going to be your double main event come Wrestle Kingdom. And if that is mm. your double main event, good luck, WrestleMania. <laughs> good luck. If that's the, you know what I'm going to do, George? I'll make the bet with you right now. If that is the Wrestle Kingdom 12 co-main event 
the law will pay back every dime it's taken from Wrestle City Radio. Okay. Let's set that up. And by the way, it's Wrestle Kingdom 13, <laughs> fool. Not 12. 12 passed. I could have sworn this is 12, but okay. <laughs> now, now you're going to make... Okay. Anyway, the point is this. Coda uh, <laughs> and Omega and Okada and Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely seeing that happen. It, it kind of like the seeds were planted uh, during the G1 Climax, which was a fantastic tournament. We even saw the retirement of the Blue Justice, uh, Yuji Nagata, where even... Uh, oh, Bad that Lung, was an honor. Yeah, where Bad Luck just- uh, Fale even paid respects to his mentor and trainer uh, inside the middle of the ring when they did their send-off with their big pose, you know, with, of course, the Bullet Club logo and, of course, uh, Yuji Nagata throwing up his arm uh, and showing off Blue Justice. Uh, so, of course, I, I, I want to tell you this, and, and, Ray, you could go ahead and say something, too, but uh, I want to say this as a huge Yuji Nagata fan, uh, it, it, whether he's listening or he's not or even a fan is listening, I want to show the world that I'm with you, Yuji Nagata fans, and I want to say thank you very much for the many years of you entertaining us and, of course, the great fights that you gave us at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Definitely. I'm glad he was able to do it on his own terms, too. That's the best thing. When you get to see a guy retire on his own terms and it's basically him doing what he wanted to do, leave on top and leave having the new blood Show the respect. Because I love Fale and the girl, Gorillas of Destiny just proving, okay, this is a guy that's been, do- been holding the guard. We have to show our respect. Though they were heels, fans are like, oh, why are they bowing to him? It's a respect thing. In this business, we're all brothers at the end of it, brothers, sisters. No matter who, what, what's your role, what are you are, face the heel, at the end of the day, it's all paying respect. Yep, so, agreed. And again, thank you very much to Yuji Nagata for everything that you did uh, to make sure that our fans, us fans, us fans that followed you throughout your career, including the one that you had here in WCW, uh, were, were left entertained. And even though your matches were a lot better in New Japan, we were still a fan no matter what. So, and, and again, great sportsmanship, even though it kind of... Um, in the great words of wrestlers, it kind of broke his kayfabe, but he did it on a good way, a good sportsmanship way, when Bad Luck Fale uh, paid his respects to his mentor and trainer after their match uh, ended in the G1 yeah, that's climax. Thing, that most fans are like, oh, the Bullet Club shouldn't have done that. It's, not, it's breaking kayfabe. They're healed. They shouldn't be doing it. It's all out of respect. At a certain point, no matter who you are, you have to break the mold and still prove it's all wrestling. And at the end of the day, the locker room is a brotherhood. Like later on yeah. after the interview, I'm definitely going to bring up some an incident that occurred here in New York. I don't know if you know about it, George, here in the, of the UK stars coming to Brooklyn. That, again, it was a proof of workers had to break kayfabe because certain fans forget they're still people. <laughs> But we have to get into our interview because it's 720. And, George, you have to contact our lovely, lovely guest. Yep. 
Well, mind you, uh, it, you guys are always, uh, you guys are always uh, having a little story up there in New York anyway. They, it, it, <laughs> you guys in New York are, are mm. one dime a dozen. Hey, we're still the <laughs> wrestling capital of the world, Dorsey. That No, I'm not going to take that away from you. You're, you're right. Why, New this York. is the reason WWE is coming for fourth straight year. SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver will be here again next year. So, sorry, George, but wrestling likes us. <laughs> hey, 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 listen. Now, don't, don't be disrespecting NXT because NXT will be here on October the 6th. Here in uh, Miami, Florida. Okay, so don't don't yeah, be giving me that list. A New York no. crowd is so much better though than a, <laughs> than a uh, full sale. Don't tell don't me give, I'm lying. Don't, don't be giving me that list. Anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> we have our we have our special guest on the on hold. Uh, I'm talking about the sexy young cannibal, High Spot's own, and Queen of Combat, etc., etc. Of course, she's a very humble young lady. She's a up-and-rising star in the professional wrestling world. I'm talking about the one, the only, Savannah Evans. How are you, Ms. Evans? Hey, guys. How are you? Good, good, Ms. Evans. How are you? I am great. I just want to say that was, like, a huge introduction, and I, I was overwhelmed. <laughs> but I'm doing good. Currently well, in the car. Sorry about the background noise, but... Uh, we're a bunch of us are on the way back from uh, Boston. I think we just hit Pennsylvania. Oh wow, man! Talk about the drive. So ho- hold on, uh, <laughs> hold on, Miss Evans. Is it the sexy young cannibals that are all in one car right now, or is it just a, a different group that you you you're driving with now? Oh no, the car is. Um, it's a bunch of us from High Spots. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was mm-hmm. the sexy young cannibals. Uh, Devin Nicole, Ariel Monroe, and yourself. Yeah, see, I um I got the Sexy Young Cannibal moniker from our group, Sexy Young Caramel, but unfortunately, my ladies are not with me right now. Ah, okay, okay. Well, mind you, you you brought up uh, high spots, uh, Miss Evans, and, and and mind you, I want to go ahead and and start off the interview now like this. That way, we get this out of the way. Uh, again, you trained in Charlotte, North Carolina at the High Spot School with George South, of course, Cedric Alexander, Kayla Conley. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, being the when – you, when you say Charlotte, North Carolina, automatically the first thing that comes to your mind is, woo, Ric Flair. You know, exactly. and, and what I said in the beginning of the show, uh, somehow, some way, every young worker – or fan have been inspired by the nature boy. And we all understand the situation he's going through now. So you being a fan that, you know, accomplished her dream to become a professional wrestler. How does this affect you when it comes to Ric Flair? I think it's crazy. And I'm just like, especially because we've been on the road all week and I've constantly getting like updates on what's going on. It's really unreal, but you're right. I mean, uh, not just people from North Carolina, you know, from Charlotte. Like, Ric Flair has influenced um, a lot of people. A lot of people have great, you know, memories that involve Ric Flair. So, you know, every everyone is, is pretty much, you know, I don't, I don't want to say holding their breath, but everyone's just, you know, thinking about him right now. Yep. Uh, and and I, we started up uh, the show with a prayer for the Flair family. 
Um, I don't know if you're up to date, but uh, we got a, uh, an update from Dave Meltzer saying that he's out of surgery and he's recovering. Uh, it's still in a bad situation, but the only difference is it's not anything cancerous and that his kidneys are still working. Um, so that that's the good news on, on of course, Ric Flair. But again, our, our prayers are with the Flair family, and we hope for a very speedy recovery of the Nature Boy where he can continue, uh, you know, wheeling, dealing, party stealing, and all that good stuff. So, of yeah, course, yeah. Ms. <laughs> so, Ms. Evans, I have to ask, uh, you know, of course, you starting up as a, as a fan, that's mostly always the road of many workers nowadays. You grew up watching the business. Uh, people like Lita, uh, you were inspired by Lita uh, to become a professional wrestler. Uh, you finally became that professional wrestler you are today. Uh, how do you feel like if it, it, do you, how, how do you how does it feel to be that one person that was practically sitting on either a chair, a couch, uh, I don't know, um, uh, or whatever, uh, and you were the one saying uh, at one time, "Oh my God, that move was cool on TV," and now you're the same person doing the same move. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, even, you know, even now, even though I've been, you know, wrestling for three years, it's still sometimes unreal to me. Like, like no, I'm really doing this, you know, um, being a kid and watching wrestling. And then, you know, oh, that's cool, that's cool. And then getting older and thinking, you know, maybe I should try that. Maybe I should do that. Like, and then being like, no, I want to do that. And then doing it and getting involved and just, like, you know, just hitting the hitting the ground running. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, but... You know, def- definitely awesome, and especially trips like this where not only, you know, am I wrestling regularly, but I also get to travel a lot, and I love traveling, so like the wrestling affords me that as well. But, yeah, like growing up, like I I loved, like, The Rock first and foremost. Uh, I had to tune in every week and see what he was doing because there was always something crazy every week. And then, you know, Lita was an inspiration too. You know, I- I'm not exactly, you know, hitting moonsaults and hurricane ranas, but it's crazy to think that, you know, she helped uh, inspire this idea in me that I can do this too, and then now, you know, doing it. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Agreed. And mind you, uh, if I'm correct, uh, when you first had your first match uh, after George South, uh, one of your trainers, uh, approved of your first match, um, your first match was in a fairground, I believe, uh, in front of like 40 people. And... Uh, right. and and, and but here's the thing with wrestling is not always going to be 40 people. Sometimes it gets less, sometimes it gets more. But it, from what I realized, like when I was watching you it, during your videos and and even doing a little bit of homework on you, Miss Evans, you went up <laughs> as far as the uh, the audience and traveling, like how you were just saying. Like I know you've been three years in this business, but for, like I said, you first started in a show of 40 people. Now you're literally mm-hmm. working at companies like uh, Rise and Queens of Combat and Shimmer and, and, and so on and so forth, which draw bigger houses. Do, do you ever feel like the pressure increasing when you're going out there? Yes, definitely. And, you know, obviously shows with bigger crowds, you know, you feed off of energy more and they're a little bit, you know, I want to say they're, they're usually more fun. But, yeah, it was crazy, you know, from going from that first match was practically, I mean, I think it was like the Burke County Fairgrounds, practically like a dirt floor, you know what I mean, in front of 40 people, 
to, you know, much bigger scales. Like you were saying, like, you know, getting to debut for Shimmer a few weeks ago, like, you know, that crowd was crazy. And then, you know, it, it, um, it's definitely uh, humbling and inspiring to, to both get in front of both types of crowds. And speaking about crowds and as far as like how the crowds are also speaking up for women uh, in this business, kind of like, hey, hey, the women are doing the work. By all means, you get 100% of the credit by saying, hey, the revolution is happening because of you women. You women are working for it. But then the crowd mm-hmm. is also the crowd is also saying, we want to see so-and-so in Global Force. We want to see so-and-so in the WWE. We like even with the May Young Classic that just uh, you know it's still filming. Uh, were you ever contacted for the May Young Classic, Miss Evans? No, I, I was not uh, contacted for May Young Classic this year. But it was definitely something that I would have loved to be a part of. And if they're doing it next year, you know, you bet I'm right there, I'm right there trying to get in there. Is there anyone in this year's tournament that you would have wished that you got in the ring with? Like, uh, say if you were contacted, anyone that comes up to mind that say, I wish I was in this tournament to face so-and-so. Oh, for this year? Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of those girls. Um, actually, I was supposed to wrestle uh, Renee Michelle from, you know, she was in the Mae Young Classic. I was supposed to wrestle her last week, and it ended up not, not working out. There was an issue with the building. But, you know, like, or, or wrestling like Shayna Baszler or, like, girls like that that are on the show. Um, there's just, there's so many, like, different types of girls in the Mae Young Classic. You know, it's insane. But but definitely would have loved to work, you know, like Shayna or like Candice LeRae, you know, one of those girls. Yeah, and, well, can, can I say, is now that you bring up Shayna, uh, I was watching a couple of your matches, Miss Evans. And one of the things that really stands out to me, and this is what I kind of thank God that I'm an MMA and, and pro wrestling fan, but when I, before you, you hit your collar and elbow tie-up, your stance is very MMA-like. Did you have any, like, background in MMA or, or, or any kind of martial arts? I actually don't have an MMA background and no martial arts background outside of, like, you know, a white belt in, like, being seven years old, you know, doing karate. <laughs> like, um, I did, I did love watching UFC for maybe a good like seven or eight year like period. Um, when I started watching wrestling, or when I started wrestling, actually, you know, I was told by people like, you know, you you have like a boxer stance, like don't do that unless you're gonna have a boxing character. You know, don't do that. And I think I I just stuck with it, and it's kind of like a natural stance for me now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I saw that, and I'm like, oh my god, she is, she's giving that posture of a of a Conor McGregor. Look at her, <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of makes that intimidation factor a little bit better, especially because you're not uh, not taking anything away from you, of course, Miss Evans, but you're not like the flippity flop or uh, kind of wrestler. You're a powerhouse. You love your suplexes, and mind you, beautiful bridges in your fisherman. But uh, I, I want to say, like, you are a tough cookie. You're not a uh, no pushover, per se. But with, mm-hmm. like, of, of course, with now MMA, like, with people like Shayna, uh, kind of, like, setting up the tone for women athletes that are opening the doors to female MMA stars. You got Shayna uh, Baszler now in, in pro wrestling. 
according to rumors, Ronda Rousey is now training with Brian Kendrick. Uh, you know, and, and you got so many other women transitioning over from MMA to to pro wrestling. You being a pro wrestler, Miss Evans, how does that kind of tie in with you? Like when it comes to competition, does it make it a little stronger knowing that these MMA guys are coming over to the to the wrestling side? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's good for competition to have girls that have legit MMA backgrounds come into wrestling. You know, it makes everyone tighten up their game, you know, uh, make, like, the illusion of, you know, the legitimacy of everything. Like, it's, you know, it's got to be crisp, got to be tight. And having girls with those kind of backgrounds, I think, helps reinforce that. Ah, well, yeah, because I was going to say, like, uh, with all these MMA girls coming in, uh, Shayna said in an interview that she's your catch-type wrestler. And uh, the last catch-style wrestler, if I'm correct, was Simon Gotch, I believe, or Simon Grimm is how he's now known in the independent. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a, a kind of a, a swerve to what we are used to seeing when it comes to women to now more like a ground game, ground and pound, submission style wrestling uh, from these new MMA athletes that are coming into the wrestling aspect. So I'm trying to figure out, like, it, it, is there, like, maybe um, a hard transition between the two, especially when a pro wrestler is stepping in the ring with an MMA guy, uh, person? Um, you mean a hard transition for the wrestler? Yeah, like, is it a hard transition? Like, whether it's for the MMA fighter or the uh, pro wrestler, is it a hard transition? I mean, I'm not sure from the other side, but I think it would it might be more of a transition for the MMA fighter to come to wrestling ah. Uh, ah, okay. than the wrestler to adjust herself for an MMA uh, wrestler. But I don't I don't know. Like, that definitely, it's, it's questions like that that, you know, it, it's, or it's getting brought up now because of, yeah. you know, Ronda Rousey showing interest in wrestling and Shayna getting into wrestling. And those are the kind of things people are thinking about now. Yeah, because it's kind of like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, uh, before, like, let's do a timeline here. We started with the Fabulous Moolah days, or even in the men era, it was like the land of the giants, kind of. And then we moved on to the Attitude Era, where it's kind of like, it's no longer land of the giants, but... Now you got your divas and you got your your pro wrestlers that are still not the size of a Daniel Bryan. Let, let's admit it, and uh, that were coming in from all worlds, uh, types of life though, from karate, from hockey, from from uh, MMA like Ken Shamrock. Then you go on a little further, and, and you you go now you kind of deal with the size. Now now then the Daniel Bryans are are into the picture. Now it's no longer the land of the giants, no longer the land of the tinies. It's good for everybody. And now we have the women's revolution that's basically titling this this time era of professional wrestling, which is fantastic for you women. But the fact is, is that you don't hear the transition of men MMA guys anymore. You hear the transition of women MMA stars coming over to wrestling. So it's kind of like, Wow, what a transition. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, it, it's kind of like, 
you know, the women's turn to come over and, and show the same thing, like guys that were transitioning from MMA to wrestling to now, you know, uh, the, the women as well. Exactly. And, and mind you, you like I said, all credit goes to you women because the women revolution started because of you women. So I, I tip my hat off to all of you. So it, what's your take on this women's revolution that, now that we're talking about it? What, what's your take on it? I think it's great, um, and I forgot who it was recently, but the hashtag, you know, um, give Diva the chance, give women a chance, and, you know, that's great, but, you know, we also have to make our own chances, too. Like, um, you know, like, show up and show out and, and just really, like, take, you know, take take what uh, you're after, you know what I mean? I, I think it's great that, you know, I think more fans are getting into women's wrestling now, and I was noticing, well, I was talking with someone on an interview, I think it was a, a month or so ago, that, like, in, especially now that, like, intergender wrestling is getting popular, like, especially in the Midwest, like, it's no longer just, you know, one card on the match is intergender wrestling. Maybe there's two, or not just one women's match on a card for a show. There's two women's matches on a card for a show. Or now, you know, what's popular is, like, half, half a show women's wrestling, half a show, you know, male wrestling. And you bring up a good point. So, like, as far as the even intergender matches is concerned, I, I, you're a three-year veteran in the business right now, and, of course, there's still people that are going through wrestling school that are uh, tuning in to the show right now. I have to ask you, is, is it a good advice for these young uh, ladies that are coming into the business to keep the ideas open to get into intergender matches as well? I mean, you know, everyone has their own views or their own opinions or, you know, what they want to do with their career. But I think, you know, women getting into wrestling, they, they shouldn't rule out intergender matches because sometimes it's what a promoter wants or what a crowd wants. And, you, and like, those situations will come up. Sometimes it'll get you, you know, it'll get you noticed for sure. Well, I, I would never, ever, ever forget. Um, I think it was Chris Dickinson when he uh, did the famous uh, spot with, I believe it was Kimberly, uh, mm-hmm. and with the, the powerbomb. I, I don't know if you ever got a chance to see that clip, uh, Ms. Evans. Did you ever see that clip with uh, Dickinson and Kimberly? Yeah, I, I saw it when it first uh, it first aired. Like, you know, uh, was it a powerbomb onto a chair or was a chair involved or something like that? Yeah, it was a, a very. I think it was a power bomb to the corner. I believe it was a um, okay. A buck, a buckle bomb, and a yeah. lot of people were attacking Chris Dickinson because they thought it was a stiff situation. What f- funny story was is that Kimberly was absolutely fine after the after the match, and that's what a lot of people didn't understand. So what I wanted to go with this is like. <sighs> What's the way I'm trying to word this? Uh, I know that nowadays people go on to say, hey, it's not about making them, uh, making wrestling look real, but it's making them believe that wrestling is real. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, intergender matches do that, hence Chris Dickinson and Kimberly. So what's your take on, on how you may have to make this look real for yourself too? Because, again, you're no, you're no little... Cookie, you're a tough cookie, Miss Evans. Uh, I've seen your matches. I've seen the, the 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 hits you've taken. So how how do you make it uh, make the fans believe? 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, for myself personally, I mean, outside of, like, training, I haven't worked a, a lot of intergender matches. It's, but, you know, when you're in a, a scenario like, like training where you have matches at training, uh, sometimes it's easier to say, you know, this isn't like an intergender match. It's just, you know, two guys wrestling or two girls wrestling. But it's uh, when you put it in the stage in front of people, it's got to, you know, it, it's got to be, no, this is a woman wrestling a man. And some people can't get past that. They can't, you know, they can't see past it. But I think a lot of people have problems when it's a smaller woman versus, you know, like an advertised guy or like a bigger guy. But I think it's all how things are put together. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's definitely not a ballet. A lot of people love to use that terminology that is uh, wrestling is <laughs> like a ballet. But I, I don't think uh, I've ever seen so many injuries in ballet. No, no offense to, you know, dancers or anything. I know you guys do get injured, but, but I, I, on a daily basis, I don't think I've ever seen ballet have as many injuries. Uh, but, of course, I, I'm not going to steal any more questions. Uh, I'm trying to learn my lesson here because Ray Ramundo is always looking at me and he's like, George, when is it my turn? I have some questions too and you're stealing them all. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I've learned my lesson for last week. Trust me. Last week, I asked like 15 questions, and all of them were questions that he had planned, uh, uh, Miss Evans. So I'm not going to do that again. So, Ray, go ahead. The mic is, the mic is yours, and, of course, uh, Savannah Evans is your, all yours. Thank you, George. And, again, it's a pleasure to speak with you, Miss Evans. Well, thank and you, thank you. And good on you for not letting him steal your thunder on all the questions, okay? Yeah, last week was an hour of me just waiting, like, okay, I'll get my time soon. My questions are done, but I'll finally start speaking soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll start with my first question I usually like to ask everyone is, what was that one match you saw growing up that made you think, okay, I want to be a wrestler? <laughs> Man, I I don't know if it's one match in particular. I think growing up, like, first watching wrestling, it was the – the whole overall picture, like, everything was, like, you know, on such a grand scale, and you got the pyros and, like, the crowd's going crazy, and the wrestlers have such, like, a connection in the ring. Like, everything just seemed, like, very big and larger than life to me. And I think that's what I was drawn to more, like, the, the spectacle aspect of wrestling. And when I was younger, my dad used to always try to get me to watch wrestling when I, you know, when I was much, much younger. And I never really got into it. And it was always – um I think he was always trying to get me to watch uh, JBBF, and I ne- and I, it didn't like hook with me at first. And then one night I was at my grandfather's house, and him and my uncles and my dad were watching WCW, and I sat down for just you know a few minutes to see what was going on. And uh, I remember Booker T. I think I remember like Disco Inferno, and I was like, "What is happening? Like, what's going on on this TV?" Uh, and then you know after that I did eventually get hooked on WWF, and like I said, I think it was just you know, everything as, like, a total package, like the characters and the spectacle of it and the sport aspect of it and just everything. Definitely, yeah. It usually depends on the person. A lot of times it is. Like I always say, my answer would always be, it's like Mysterio and Psychosis from ECW. That's what got me into it because I had those certain guys, When even me growing up, and now the reason I started training was guys like Mysterio, Guerrero, 
it's always those certain guys that you're like, okay, now I want to do this. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and, and I always enjoyed, too, watching Rock and Austin, whether it was, like, a pay-per-view or, like, Raw. I just always enjoyed their matches. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, my next question, definitely, how you've had a lot of, a lot of matches by now and your career is growing, I would, I would love to ask you, who is that one opponent you have seen that's, like, that's your rivalry as the crowd always pops and they say, okay, now they're going to get it on. Now it's their time to shine. And it's like, to compare it to WWE stage, who is your leader to your Trish that's got? Oh, man, that's a good question. I don't think I've had a lot of repeat matches uh, recently that I could compare that to. Mm. Yeah, I know I don't it's really like, hard, yeah, because a, a lot of times if it's every crowd is going to be different and a lot of promoters are like, okay, I want to see who could, what they can do with this opponent and that opponent. Because I remember actually two years ago I got to see you here in New York against Vanity. I'm like, it never went on after that. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I um, and I, I, I would love to work Mandy again now that you know we've both had a chance to like grow since that match. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I don't have a lot of like return opponents because it's like you know every weekend you're somewhere different and you know different part of the country, different promotions. But um, so I don't know that I could really compare it to like a Trish and Lita type thing. Mm. Uh, my next question then has to be definitely to continue on opponents would have to be who has been that top opponent you faced so far because I've seen looking through matches you've had you faced ODB and even Soraya Knight or Sweet Soraya depending on what promotion she worked with and what was your feel just going into those top caliber matches? Well, speaking of the match with Soraya Knight like that and that was a crazy three way because it, it was myself, Soraya, and Ruby Rays, and um, we literally just went out there, and we just beat the shit out of each other. Like, it wasn't even a match. There was maybe one wrestling move, and the rest of the match was on the outside of the ring. It was, <laughs> it was insane, and it, it was a crazy experience, and, um, you know, I, w- I would definitely love working her again for sure, and it sounds crazy to say that, <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely wouldn't mind. Um <clears throat> Like, you know, and then, of course, you mentioned ODB, like, uh, like the match that I had with her was great. And it's, it's, it's weird, like, relating to the question earlier, like, it's weird to think that these are women you've watched on TV and now, you know, you're wrestling them. But, you know, like, that, that was a good one. <clears throat> and just so many other girls that I've had chances to wrestle, such as, you know, Jessie K, Kenny Brink. Like, I had tagged with her a couple times. But, you know, we finally had a chance uh, to wrestle against each other in singles matches as well as tag matches. So, you know, she's another one. Would you say with all these opponents you've had face, would you say you're, you want to go to that next degree? Do you want to make it to Women of Honor or even evolve that top next stature, even Global Force Wrestling, that you're getting that TV style? Would you want to change that up, or do you feel the Indies is still growing day to day? Man, like, the Indies is always going to be growing, but uh, I I am open for every opportunity, you know, to, to grab at the opportunity. So Women of Honor would be great. Going to Japan would be great. I mean, going to Canada or Mexico. Like, I, I just want to 
do do it all. <laughs> like if if there's a possibility for time and you know able to do it all, I just want to do it all. And of course, you know, uh, WWE. Like I would I would love to be there as well. Finally, someone mentions Canada. And, I mean, oh, sorry, Japan. In one of these interviews because every time I do this, I'm like, am I the only one that wants to go to Japan? <laughs> Like, is the show exactly. just too much? It's like, every time I ask, I'm like, so where do you want to end up? Is the the answer is Japan at least an option? No, WWE, Global Force. I'm like, what about Japan? <laughs> the art exactly. form over there, to me, is just, is just beautiful. I'm like, Japan is just so much different for wrestling, so I'm glad so, uh, you mentioned Japan and even Canada because I've gotten to see even how the fans react in Canada and so much different than here in the States. Yeah, exactly. And I was able to take part of uh, Ring of Honor did a Women of Honor and a Stardom, uh, like a tryout seminar deal. So they were, you know, looking for girls to go over to Japan to start up. And so that got my wheels turning like, man, you know, let me let me, you know, get involved with this and see, you know, where I can go or, or, you know, if Japan is that option for me. So that really got me thinking about Japan also, you know. Definitely, and even in Japan, the 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 need for women athletes is definitely always growing because even in Japan, it's starting to get bigger. Now it's not only about oh Bullet Club and Okada and everything. Women athletes are getting over as well. Even if it's New Japan, All Japan, Noah, you're seeing the spread, and even with Stardom definitely opening over there up a little more, and now with the women's classic, the the May Young Classic taking a few of the athletes to NXT, it's like there's going to be more opportunities now. So it's definitely something to open your eyes to is to see Japan could be an option. It's not always just the E or now Global Force, because I was going to call it TNA again, and I'm like, yeah, let me not say TNA. Jeff Sherrod's going to get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, let me ask, so... I have to chime in on this Jap- the Japanese thing real quick. Uh, now that you bring up, I- I'm sorry, but if I ever go to Japan, I'm def- well, technically I know you can't just buy it. You have to earn it over there. But basically, if I ever go to Japan, I would love to get just uh, one of those uh, Riberia jackets, those uh, steak jacket, uh, steakhouse jackets that a lot of legends yeah. wear over there. Mm-hmm. I- I'm just saying, yeah, like cool. I. I- I know you have to earn them. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, it, like I think uh, when I interviewed Luke Gallows, he said that he had to earn it uh, when he had to go through a training seminar with Kobashi. So I'm like, if I have to go through Kobashi to get a jacket, I, I don't think I'm going to last <laughs> because I'm not a worker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just not, gonna, I'm not a worker. I'm a journalist. So I don't think I'm going to last. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying that's all. I, like I could imagine that someone like Savannah Evans can last because again she's a tough cookie. But or Luke Gallo, George, <laughs> definitely not you. Can the love definitely not last? No, no, definitely not you. <laughs> oh, ma- ah. oh yeah. So training with, under uh, amazing red, a guy that's gone to Japan. I think I could take it. Okay, Joe. Uh, I don't know if you could if you could survive Kobashi. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Ray, are are you done with your session? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, I still have a few more, George. Give me give me my time now too. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I know Japan was a big subject today, so it's like, okay, I want to jump in. <laughs> uh, definitely. So my next question would then have to be, with every with the opponents you have faced, who is that one opponent you still see and like, I need to have that match before we go anywhere else. Oh, opponents that I want to wrestle. Uh, man, that's I, that's a pretty big list. I'm really. I would really look forward to wrestling uh, Deanna Perrazzo. She got really hot really fast. She was doing, you know, Ring of Honor. She was doing TNA and WWE, like, all in the same week, all in the same month. And uh, I just did a seminar with her recently uh, before the, the most recent rise. And, you know, just, like, training with her, like, it was, it was awesome. Like, I think we could do some really good stuff. But, of course, I mean, there's also women, you know, like Lefisto. Like, it sounds crazy to you to be like, oh, I want to wrestle with this, because you sound half crazy saying that, but I would love to work with her as well. <laughs> yeah, I've seen definitely a lot of her work, and it's like, are you sure about that? Exactly. Like says, you you want to get in the ring with so it's like, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, but definitely with your style, I can already see one person here in New York that I guess I'm a little biased, because I have trained with her here in House of Glory, would have to be Sonya Strong. Because your style oh, yes. is, kind of, is similar to her, so it's like I can see you and Sonya going at it. So it's like eh, that would be a de- that would definitely be a great match to see. Yeah, I can see me and Sonya putting on a good match for sure. That can definitely so, something, something that if it's Brian XL having a book, it Brian. If you're listening to me right now, don't kill me. Get to Ben Evans over here. <laughs> uh, the, the battle of the female titans. Just saying. There we go. I definitely would be it. <laughs> I have to throw in a question here. I, I'm sorry, but something that's really I noticed, Ray, that you're not bringing up, and and mind you, I I don't I'm not gonna blame you for not bringing it up because it happened here in Miami. But knowing that we're talking about so many promotions, Ms. Evans, for the first time, you went kind of a little bit uh, like a little. How can I say? out of your character, out of your wrestling zone, because for the first time ever, when you actually debuted here in Miami, you were in cosplay wrestling. Yeah, I think I heard about that. (laughs) Yeah, in Florida Supercon. So here you are suplexing people, uh, throwing them all around, turning them into pretzels, and now come Miami... You're portraying another character, but this time a fictional character that was based in a comic book or a cartoon show. How how did that feel? <laughs> it was crazy, like maybe a little bit out of the comfort zone because I've never done cosplay wrestling before. But it was great being able to work with you know the the guys at Raleigh Supercon and then yeah Florida Supercon uh, and. I don't know. I feel like I wake up every day and I am kind of like real life Lana Kane. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm a taller girl. You know what I mean? Like I just wake up. You know, my hands might be a little big, my feet might be a little big. I don't know. But like, but portraying Lana Kane from you know the Archer FX series, like portraying her in the ring, I had to put myself in that position. Like, well, what would Lana do in this situation? You know what I mean? Like, you know, she's not going to back down from anything, but she's going to get a little sassy. She's gonna throw people around, you know. She, she <laughs> might, she might cry, chop somebody. I don't know. <laughs> so it was definitely, uh, it was a lot of fun for sure. 
any news if you might be back for Animate Miami? Yes, yes, I did confirm. Animate Miami in October for sure. Okay. So my uh, Ray, you could you could take over after this one, but because that's it, my, I I'm I'm dry when it comes to all my questions. But Miss uh, <laughs> Evans, it, like a fun question. This is just a little fun question where we could sit back and not be serious for a moment. But if you could choose one person that you could have chosen uh, to cosplay and wrestle under, was there anyone else that you would have chosen besides Lana? Uh, I think of a lot of, like, you know, uh, Marvel characters. Like, I think a lot of X-Men come to mind. But off the top of my head, uh, when we were doing the panel, that question came up. I just threw out Storm. Like, I think Storm would be pretty cool to cosplay wrestle as um oh, and then i walked right. around the convention uh i was able to talk to a lot of, you know a few comic artists and they were like man like you should have cosplayed as like wonder woman or like uh she hulk or something so i don't know those <laughs> those don't sound like too bad of you know future <laughs> ideas well that's a lot of uh, uh paint to make you green and on top of that uh uh, I, I, have to, I have to say, you did a great job as Lana. I'm not going to uh, disagree with you on that one. Uh, one thing I have to say, I, I'm going to go on record and say, yes, I had a markout moment while talking to you here. But one of the things I have to uh, say that one, uh, while watching some of your matches, one of my favorite things to see was when you would boot people and you would say, this is Sparta. I was like, what the? <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> So we have a uh, a 300. So you're you're a movie girl too. So it, you you kind of have fun with your matches. So that's that's pretty good as well. Yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, I love that movie when it came out. For I, for some reason, I don't even know how it came about. Like using that in matches, but it was fun. And then I I got to you know I did the Sparta kick uh, in. I think it was Raleigh Supercon, but instead of you know yelling "This is Sparta," it was "Goddamn it, Archer!" Like it's just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> well, that's funny. All right. Well, I'm uh, done with questions. Uh, Ray, finish up your questions, and we'll let her go ahead and do her plug. So, Ray, take it away. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just have two more. Just one more to go off this of what George is speaking on all the on all the cosplay that I already started thinking about. Would you definitely want to have this dream match of co- of cosplay wrestling, you versus Love Bates, aka Blue Pants? Yes, and the thing is, like, uh, would it would it be on, you know on more of like a regular wrestling scene, or would it be for cosplay wrestling? Like, because uh, I actually, well, Lana rather wrestled her in Raleigh because she's portraying Jinx. Uh, I forget which video game it's from, but we. You know, Lana and Jinx squared off in, at Raleigh Supercon, and then we teamed up at, you know, the Florida Supercon. But I think, you know, Sarah Evans leave a base one-on-one would be super badass. Definitely, I would say, in a regular just indie scene, because that match definitely looks like it can be an interesting dream match, no matter if you're both cosplaying or just love a base versus Savannah Evans. No matter what it is, I can see the crowd going nuts for it. Mhm. I agree. Definitely. Last question I would have to ask to not take any more of your time has to be to your fans and to to anyone in the future. What do you want to leave them with? As this is what Savannah Evans was. What's that mark you want to leave on fans? 
uh, my mark on wrestling? Uh, yes. Oh, man. That's big. Uh, a mark that I want to leave <laughs> on wrestling is for people to walk away from a match and be like, just be talking about it. Like, man, that was memorable. Man, Fat Evans, she, like, she made an impact. You know, she, like, we're going to be talking about her for the next 20 minutes, hour, next week, next month. I just I want to uh, I want to come out there I want to be that force I want the crowd to be you know on board with the match hundred percent all the way and then afterwards just feel really satisfied about God you know that was that was great interesting interesting because definitely I know everyone wants to leave that legacy so if, even if it's just that one match that's like okay I remember from this and this is a match that stole the night stole the show it's like this is why I remember her for. So it's interesting. Thank you again, Miss Evans. George, back to you. I'm done, brother. Thank you again, Miss Evans. All right, well, all right, Ray, thank, thank you very Ray. much. And thank you, Ray, also for great questions. So, I, like I said, I'm dry. I'm out of questions here. So uh, so let's go ahead and do some plugs for you, Miss Evans. Um, how can fans follow you on social media? Uh, like, how can they, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, I know that's a thing now, Facebook fan page. How can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of inquiries? And uh, where can fans catch you next uh, live? Yeah, everyone can get a hold of me uh, on the three big social medias, obviously. Uh, Facebook is Savannah EVS. And it's also Instagram, Savannah, the letter E, the letter V, the letter S. And Twitter is a little bit different because someone already snagged the Savannah Evans uh, handle, but Twitter is Savannah Evans, the letter N and the letter V. That's where, you know, anyone can come check me out, find out what's going on with me, you know, this week or this month or, you know, what I'm getting into or buy an 8x10 or whether they're trying to book me or what what have you, that's where they can find me. Awesome. Well, again, Ms. Evans, uh, with you driving and everything, this shows how dedicated you are to all your bookings uh, for any kind of bookers that are out there listening this is uh, this is pure dedication, where she was booked for an interview, and she will still call in even while driving. So thank you very much for your time here, Ms. Evans. It, it, it's a true honor to speak with you, to hear your stories, and I hope to have you again in the near future. Yeah, I would love to be on the show. Like This was uh, more than just the typical interview questions you get with interviews. It, it was great. Like Thank you both. Uh, well, that's Thank what we're you, here Ms. for. <laughs> and, now, don't make me cry now, okay? Like when I get compliments from people <laughs> like you, 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 you kind of open the little, you know, nozzle of like now you're gonna. Oh have God, you. George is gonna get emotional. <laughs> yeah, don't don't you cry, no tears, okay? Oh, there's God. no there's no crying in baseball. That's gonna be what I'm gonna do when I boot someone. <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. But uh, well, this is <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank, thank you so very much for your time, Ms. Evans. I, I hope to have you again soon, okay? Yeah, I would love to be back on. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. Have a great one, okay, Ms. Evans? All right, you too. Bye-bye. Guys, that was Miss Savannah Evans. What oh a great, God. great young lady she is. Uh, true professional, very dedicated to whatever she does, uh, very humble, and on top of that, my, my emotions are so people. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, great, great stuff to learn about, of course, Savannah Evans, where we learned about, you know, her, how she felt on the Ric Flair situation. I know that was a very, very touchy subject. Uh, you know, of course, her take on cosplay wrestling, her take on Japanese wrestling, and of course, uh, I'm you know. I finally said Japan. Why am I the only one that always answers Japan? <laughs> I don't God. know. Maybe because you and I are both Japanese marks. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm a Bullet Club mark, so I guess I just want to be a part of the Bullet Club. <laughs> so I'll do the <laughs> sacrifice and travel all the way to Japan just to be in the Bullet Club. <laughs> well, mind you, the, the I, I'll join you right behind you. And like I told you, I would want to have one of those jackets, but I don't think I'll survive a Kenta Kobashi uh, uh, seminar. Yeah. But... Uh, but, uh, guys, that dojo system's hard. Very hard. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, uh, Luke Gallows and all them can survive it, not me. Uh, <laughs> but, but guys, now we're going to talk about SummerSlam. But before we do, next week, guys, we're going to start at a special airtime of 9 p.m. Yes, we're going to be on the air during Raw. We're going to be on the air at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But we have a special reason for it. If you are calling in or you're listening in, the reason why we're going that live at 9 is because we have a special guest for you. He was in Lucha Underground. He was in the WWE Tough Enough. He is one of the greatest entertaining superstars of professional wrestling. I am talking about none other than Marty the Moth will be here next Monday at 9 p.m. Are you ready for that one, Ray? Oh, God. I, this is going to be another tough cookie, I can say. Because he's well, a little bit unpredictable, so I can only imagine how those questions are going to be answered next week. Yep. Uh, Time to very start un- thinking, George. Time to start thinking. Yeah, he's very unpredictable. You, you took God. the nail right out of the coffin on that one. But, guys, also, <laughs> if you don't follow us on social media – there was a major, two major announcements that were thrown on our, on our social media page on October the 16th and October the 23rd, back-to-back special get I don't even think the term special does it any justice, as we are going to have... Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, Hall of Fame worthy. Well, Hall of Famer uh, is one of them. And then, of course, soon-to-be legend is another. So on the 16th, we're going to go live at 5.30 p.m. with WWE Hall of Famer Larry Zabisco. The living legend will be here on October the 16th. And October the 23rd, we're going to have WWE NXT's own Martin Stone, a.k.a. Danny Birch, will be here as well on October the 23rd. What a lineup oh, we have here. Now. <laughs> yep, the governor, the governor will be yeah. here, and, and I, listen, I'm afraid of that guy, so I'm probably gonna be hiding under the table during the entire interview. But wait, are you afraid of Larry? I know he no, took I'm out the NWO, but ah. no, I'm afraid of Martin Stone. <laughs> that guy could freaking turn you into a pretzel. Did you not see how yeah. hard he hits against uh, Only Larkin? Anywho, God, hey, it's wrestling, strong style. Speaking of yep. strong style, George, before we get to SummerSlam, I have to do a quick summary of what happened over the weekend here in New York because New York got invaded by the UK and UK being 
British Strong Style came to Brooklyn and Progress Wrestling came to the States. Because on Friday night, George, as I mentioned last week, here in Brooklyn at Battle Club Pro, we had Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate for this British Strong Style in the building. And sadly, this is firing around no matter what news stories you saw in wrestling. Pete Dunne suffered an injury. Now, being we are Wrestle City Radio, I want to make sure the fans know everything that goes on and make sure they know the truth. And sadly, a lot of fans forget accidents happen. It's wrestling. So Pete Dunne is facing Darius Carter, a well-known athlete here in the New York area, hopefully a future guest for the show. Darius faces Pete Dunne. They have an, an awesome match wrestling all around the ring and even all the, outside the building because they went everywhere. And unfortunately, Darius Carter decides, I'm going to stick it to Pete Dunne and hit him with the pedigree. Unfortunately, Darius Carter miss, misfires the pedigree and Pete Dunne is busted open right above the temple. Now, Pete Dunne then finishes the match and exits the ring and runs to the back because blood is not the best thing you want to see in a wrestling match. Now, from that night, people are speculating, is the WWE going to pull him? Is he going to be able to wrestle the following night at Progress New York and Progress Boston on that Sunday? Unfortunately, WWE decides, no, we don't want to put him through another incident. And with stitches, you never know what could happen. So, unfortunately, Pete Dunne was taken off both shows. Now, again, like I've mentioned, George, you can also say, because you have been in the ring and you have trained and you know in this business, accidents can happen at any time. Me, myself, I do not want to blame Darius because, again, it can happen. It was something that was planned, they talked about, and was approved. The move happened, sadly, it went awry, and Pete Dunne suffered that injury, getting 11 stitches, on the temple. So it's like, you can't blame the guy. And I know a lot of our fans could definitely be listening and saying, oh, it's his fault. He's an unsafe worker. You can't say that. I'm sorry, George had to go on the rant, but I just wanted to get that clear because I know a lot of fans are like, oh, it had to be his fault. It's an unsafe worker. WWE shouldn't allow their guys to work the Indies. The reaction that they got this weekend that sold out not one, but two venues in New York, Selling out on Saturday night for progress, over 1,500 people were in the building for UK Top with a card of seven matches. Usually, indie cards are like eight, nine, maybe ten matches match. Just seven. And it sold out, and the fans went home satisfied. So, again, you can't say they shouldn't work the indies because the indies is where it strives and where fans are so passionate about wrestling. Well... To kind of um, join you in that in that situation, again, I agree with you. I've always like I, we were talking to Miss Evans. Uh, wrestling is not a ballet, so that's number one. And number two, in professional wrestling, just because you go on and and quote, hey, they know how to fall, so it doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean anything. Okay, accidents happen. Accidents happen in football. Accidents happen in baseball. Accidents happen everywhere. Even in real life, accidents happen. So you cannot really bash anyone for anything 
in that ring unless it's a shoot. And obviously it was not a shoot. No, it definitely was not because they both did afterward. I'm going to break kayfabe for a bit. They shook afterward. They gave the apology. Of course, Pete Dunne was a little kicked off because, hey, you just busted me open. But everything was cleared. Unfortunately, fans were are a little ticked off because, hey, we paid to see Pete Dunne on Saturday and Sunday. So, no, and, well, and like I, well, like I said, you, you know, accidents happen. It is what it is. But the point is, yep. is that they, they were professionals and they, it's water under the bridge. So it's, but again, accidents happen no matter what in real life, in whatever sport, in dancing, in anything. Accidents happen, so don't take it as this was something that was meant to happen. End of story. And, yep. and my now news, to move on to some good, to some good news. Wrestling is coming back to Brooklyn in the form of the WWE with NXT Brooklyn and SummerSlam. <laughs> yep, uh, they were announced in 2018 that the WWE will be returning to the Barclays Center for 2018. <laughs> For SummerSlam and NXT, a lot of people went on to say that uh, they're not too happy with that announcement. Uh, don't get me wrong; New York is very happy, but I'm talking about I'm happy. like, yeah, the the, I'm not very happy. No, I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just saying like the rest of the United States because they want a piece of SummerSlam. It's kind of like SummerSlam is the next uh, WrestleMania per se. So it's well, it's, it's, there is it, it is one of the big four. So always. You want to be the talent to host one of the big four. But, hey, it's New York's time. How long did L.A. have SummerSlam for? Let us take a piece of the pie. We have it. We have great weather during the summer, luckily. So let us take it for a bit. I know one thing. It's hurting our bank here in New York because I had to get tickets for NXT. Again, I may go to SummerSlam, so the law is needing those Wrestle City Radio paychecks. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, so, so but by all means, guys, this year's SummerSlam should be an event not to miss. Uh, and also, of course, next year, I'm pretty sure they will disappoint. But, uh, guys, we are running short of time. We were supposed to go under with uh, SummerSlam predictions, but we have come close to uh, a little over our time limit. So what we're going to do... We should, George, is just do a little graph, just show it on Facebook, have the fans vote. What do you think? Do you agree with yeah. what we choose? Do something like that. And who knows? Maybe if you do get more than we do, right? Maybe something special happens afterwards. Well, tell you what then. Uh, I'm not sure how we could do a live uh, video stream or, or uh, per se, but uh, what I could do, we could set up something uh, sometime this week, uh, whether it be Friday or Saturday, where basically me and the Ray Ramundo will be live again. As a matter of fact, let's do this. Ray Ramundo, are you free on Friday? Um, I believe not, because that would be at House of Glory, George. But are you free in the morning or the afternoon? Oh, uh, yes, I would. The morning, I would. Okay. okay. So how about this? We'll set up a time. Friday, Russell City Radio will be hosting a special live WWE SummerSlam pre-show on Friday morning slash afternoon. How about that one? Perfect. All right, then. 
we got our settle. So, guys, make sure you tune in on Friday for that one. But most importantly, make sure you tune in next Monday, of course, for uh, Marty the Moth. I'm going to see if we could even throw in a special broadcast partner for this coming Friday for our, our predictions. Maybe someone from the past WWE. Who knows? You'll just have to wait to find out. So, Ooh, guys. Breaking yeah. news, George. The Shield yeah. back together. Oh, God. They didn't <laughs> wait for SummerSlam for that? God. Anyway, guys, for everyone here on Russell City Radio, I want to say have a good night. Take care, and we'll see you all this coming Friday. Good night, folks. See you Friday, Well done, welcome to the city. You become number one with the witty tongue. You know, sometimes I wonder about you when it comes to these uh, these things. Like, why do I find old food in the fridge right now? What, what, do you not believe in expiration dates, Rick? Ah, uh, if it's still good, eat it. You know, Wait, I just took a bite George, of this tuna sandwich. Did you, did you press stop? Did, wait, did I? Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah.